Can you think of a time where everything just came on back? You know, everything that you've worked and labored and saved and strived for, everything that you thought God would do, suddenly just seems to unravel. You know, it's a lot like stepping into a bathroom. You know, you come in there, one, one swing hits, and it knocks you back. More swings are coming, it knocks you on your backside. And you get up, and you find that more swings are coming. And life can be like that sometimes. We can have one problem that you know in our life, and you, you try to maintain composure and get things together and lift up enough hope, and then, you know, something else happens and it kind of multiplies those problems, and then when you know, something else happens, you're feeling so overwhelmed and crushed that, that you can't even function anymore, and, and you must need to get up just enough energy to wake up in the morning, and then something else happens. I don't know if you've had seasons like that in your life, but I have had seasons like that in my life. We don't really talk about these things much because they're painful. We don't really talk about these things much because what comes out of our life usually isn't what we want to come out of our life. So we like to have the idea that faith is having this unwavering, you know, joy and trust, and we never have any questions or pain or suffering. We don't have days where we cry. We don't have days where we struggle. We don't have days where we can't take it anymore. We don't have those days where we have a fit with God in prayer, or we have days where we don't want anything to do with Him. But the truth is, is that they're very real experiences and believers in the world as well. And if we step back and we look at it and we're really honest, we have all been at a point where we feel like God has stepped out on our life. And today I want to talk to you about that in a You see, when everything falls apart, the idea of walking with God, knowing God, enjoying God, well, let's be honest, we're just not doing So what do we do? When it seems like Jesus has checked out on our life completely. And that's what we're going to be looking at in Psalm 139. We see the first principle that I'm going to give you this morning in verse 13 of Psalm 139. It says that, For you formed my inmost heart, and you knitted me together in my mother's womb. See, David is writing in a spiritual journey. This is a guy that has, uh, is known as a guy that has um, a heart after God. And he's looking back on all of his life, he's looking back at all the conflicts, he's looking back at all of his failures, and, and he, 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 he's thinking about the times where there's a major disconnect between him and God, and he's being reminded of a powerful truth today, and that is, is that God formed him. You know, and that's, that's what I want you to understand. The first thing, what we do when we feel like Jesus has kept out of our life is that, that we need to realize is that Jesus uses his power to form us. That's what we see in these verses. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb, it says in verse 14, or verse 13. And it's this idea of, of being formed to be shaped, to, to be created. I have nothing. It's this idea of you knitting me together. It's not just, you know, this, this one time and done. It's like God was involved in the whole process of you coming about in existence. So it, it talks about a few things. It's that God actively created you. God actively formed you. Now think about this. The world has come apart, and you're thinking about everything that's going on in your current circumstances. 
you step back and you look at the bigger picture of your existence, the bigger picture of your life, if you will, and we all come to the realization, the bold truth that God actively created you. God actively created you. God got his hands involved in creating you. He formed you. He shaped you. And he independently created you. In other words, out of nothing. It's not like people brought different resources to the table and God says, hey, what would it look like if I mashed this all up? No, God made you together. So God formed you out of nothing. He saw you and he said, I'm going to create a blank page and I'm going to create you. And he's going to knit you together. Think about the billions of American data and information in your DNA. When it talks about living together, it's this idea of the tapestry. And we all know that when DNA comes together, it makes us unique. It shapes the way we look. It shapes our height. It shapes our hair color, eye color. It even has an effect on our personality. God wove all of that together. Actively and independently. And so when you feel like your world has come apart, you need to step back and look at the bigger picture of your existence and realize that you are here. You're here. Today, you're here. And you're here because God actively created you. And you're here because God independently created you out of his own effort, out of his own strength. And you have incredible power and purpose because God created you. See, it reflects back to Genesis chapter 1, where you hear that of all things that God created, He spoke into existence, but when it came time to make Adam and Eve, God used His hands to do that. There's a figurative language here that God wanted His existence and your existence to be very, very personal and very powerful. See, what we're talking about here is God's power. I don't know if, if your story is like ours, but we, we have had as many miscarriages as we want to. And so to realize that we have children, there's a powerful and painful reminder that only God can be alive. And it's a bittersweet thing to say because there's this edge to it because it's like, okay, God is a powerful and he actively creates and then, you know, then this pain happens. And then there's this incredible joy of holding a child for the first time. I remember each one of my children the first time I looked in the eyes and they looked me in the eyes. The first time I was able to hold them. And it's like these free free moments in my heart and my and I remember in each one of those things, in each one of those moments, each one of those births, just feeling the same thing, this incredible sense of awe. And this is the one. There's this power in the existence of this, this child. See, we're talking about God's ordained power. God's ordained power means to set in place or to establish for a purpose. And so when we talk about God forming you, it's not just the miracle that you hear, it's a miracle that God has established you for a purpose. You're here for a purpose. 
And so when we step back from the problems and the conflict and the upheaval in life and the mixed expectations and all of the feelings of doubt and feeling like God has kept out of me, the truth is God has formed you in His great power. He's established you and He has a purpose for you. But it's very different than God has a purpose for your problems. Because we like to think about that, and the problem with that kind of thinking is that every circumstance has a purpose, is that the universe suddenly revolves around us. And then when that happens, we look at it and say, God, what are you thinking? How can this be my purpose? How can you have a purpose for me? It is a purpose for you. Your purpose is to know Him, love Him, follow Him. Your purpose is to be a reflection of His character and His power. The purpose is for you. The circumstances are circumstances. And not that God is absent or distant or not solid in those things, but the truth is that you need to understand that God's ordained power is to establish His glory, to establish you. You are a reflection of everything here about Him. That's, that's, that's what you mean. You're supposed to be a reflection of His goodness. That's your purpose. That I can know God and God can be known through my life. That's your purpose. That adds meaning to your life. The circumstances are circumstances. And I want you to separate yourself from those for a moment because you need to realize that you're not attached to the circumstances that happen in your life. You're not attached to your success and you're not attached to your failures. Right? Just kind of step back a little bit. That's lesson number one in church planting and pastoral leadership. You know, when we feel like the numbers are down, as a pastor, we think, well, we failed. Every pastor feels this. We're driven by insecurity, no matter what any of them think. All right, what any of them tell you, we all are driven by insecurity. And when the numbers are down, we feel like we failed. What have I not done? What do I need to do? And then when things are going well, guess what happens? We feel like we succeed. And what we really said is that I'm the key to the church. Do you know how destructive that can be? Holy Spirit, you know how destructive that can be to the people who have to listen, to participate, to come play that game. You have to step back from the circumstances and say, I am deeply connected to Jesus. And my purpose is to know Him and allow other people to know Him through my life. And what happens around me, well, that will happen. But it doesn't change who I am in my life. And that is this personal connection with Jesus that He has given us. That He designed for us before there was a foundation of the earth for us to stand on. God was thinking about you and what you were going to be like. He's thinking about the things and the moments and the reasons for you. He's thinking about how He's going to reveal Himself to you and how you understand something that is true. He formed you and made you together. He ordained and established you. And look at how big this is. Do you know the chances of a couple getting pregnant? Do you know what the statistics are? You have a 3 to 5% chance of getting pregnant. Of conceiving a child. Three to all the other times that you're beginning, you have a three to five percent chance of getting pregnant. 
It's only that it may come in and die, right? So when you think of the actors, like, you know, it's happening in the world, right? Or it's like a story of the kid. And then some of you think of, like, the Bible, it's like, whoa, man, that's like a, a whole story of the universe, you know? And then it's like, you, you think that some people are overcoming that. But the truth is, is those are the only three to 5% chance that you would be here. Did you know that it's estimated about 30 to 50% of every conception ends up in this period before the woman even knows that she's A flip of the coin of 3 to 5% chance of you being here. A flip of the coin. And if they make it to the time where they're aware that they're pregnant, there's a 20% chance, there's a 20% chance of a miscarriage. And that's, so it's less than a flip of the coin that you and I would be on this earth today. That means you feel you've got one of Need you hear about the power of the and the grace and the sovereignty of God. That means that there's nothing about your life that is just a point of mistake or a disconnect to you. That He created you intentionally, actively, without any intervention of God, for this purpose, because He didn't enjoy that anymore. So you learn that oftentimes God is most glorifying than when we endure the more. God's Bible teaches us that. That's the only thing that we're going to do. We need the Word of God. It's like, we're going to do this. 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 And we're going to read David as he's reading this in verse 14. It says, Listen, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He's just overwhelmed. He's throwing his hands up and says, Man, I'm just blown away by this fact, God. I, I, the, the thought that I'm even here, the thought that I've been knitted together so perfectly and wonderfully and often, he's like standing in awe fearfully. It's like, Man, this is unbelievable. As I step back from my circumstances, as I step back from uh, feeling vulnerable, God, I see your power. Moving and working in my life to establish me. It's wonderful. It's like God, I'm here and, and, and I have this purpose and I have this meaning that's not attached to the circumstances of my performance in life. That God, you have made me and, and your work and all that you do is awesome. And notice where he said that. My soul knows is very well. See, when we believe the truth that God forms us, that it's an ordained power that establishes us, not our effort, and we believe that our identity is not tied to what we do or what's been done to us, but simply the fact that we have been created in the image and glory of God, and we really believe that, we really allow that to sink into our hearts, and we, we think and believe along those uh, levels, it changes our reality. 
See, for so many of us, we live our reality by our experience. This happened to me, therefore, I am filling the blank. Or I did this, therefore, I am filling the blank. And God said, you're knowing those things. What is the truth? I've formed you, I've created you, and because of that, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you become uh, aware of that and your soul knows it and you let it escape the way you feel and think and live your life, you're going to come to the same conclusion. Wonderful are your works. And he's saying this, you know, in language that all of us can understand because there's never a point in our life where we're most vulnerable than in the world. And so when you're down in that and you're feeling vulnerable and crushed, and there's no way you're getting up from this world, we have a sense of God. If your purpose is not tied to what's happening to you or what you have done, it becomes perfect to God. Your purpose, your worth, your value is tied to the fact that God is And if you can let that thing speak to you, it will bring you to a very willing to do that. It will start feeling it again. Something we need to do when we feel like that is preparing the moment is realize that Jesus needs his power to form our days. Think about that for a second. God has formed you. And now you to form your days. This is where all of that stuff that we're talking about God wants to form or shape your days. Now, this is where it gets complicated and you start talking about things that are kind of funny. If I wake up today and decide today is going to be a crap day, he created that day just for me, but in my little story book and says, Oh, turn the page. Oh, guess what? Today's going to be a I formed your days. You're just really wonderful now. A lot of people look at God's thunders and like, I think why you do it, I do it, you do it, everybody does it. This is why we get mad when the things don't go away. This is why we get mad when we pray and he doesn't fix it. Because we think that he is the stuff that's only creation. What we fail to understand is that we rebuild against God. And because we rebuild against God, evil and suffering is still the world. And sometimes we make very bad choices that cause great conflict in our lives and the lives of other people. Sometimes they make choices of faith cause great conflict and struggle in other people's lives. But the truth is, evil exists in the world, but God is still sovereign in the middle of us making bad and bad choices. What does that look like? God intended for everything to be good and to reflect his glory to you and glory to without pain, suffering, shame, guilt, and all these things. The world is full of all of those things, and God could choose to lead us to abandon, or he could step into the world full of pain and experience himself and walk with us through our lives. He doesn't just walk with us through all of it, but actually do something about it. He can do something with your own spirit. He can form it. He can form it today into something different. He can take the things that have been done to you, the sin that is of others that has affected you, and he can form it into something different. This is an awesome, unbelievable thing that God does in your life. Come on. In complete control. 
even in the midst of humanity making very hard choices. So it's not like God is up there telling me that story. He knew about it. It's not like he's saying, okay, today's going to be a crap day. God's saying, today's going to be a crap day, and I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to perform and fail. God could and will change the circumstances. Recognize God can and will change the circumstances. It may not be the way you want. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose, which is to reflect His glory. Man, look at these verses, verses 15 and following. He says, My plan is not hidden from you when I was being made in your secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You know what he's saying is that there's nothing hidden from him. There's not a moment, a day that comes by that God is not aware of what's going to happen and knew about it before it ever happened, knew about it before you were ever created, knew about it before anybody ever knew it happened. God knew. There's nothing hidden from God. There, there are no secrets. God knows it's coming. So when you think about God writing your story, God ordaining your days, setting you apart for a purpose, God knows everything that's going to happen to you. He knows every response that you're going to give to Him. He uses me, right? We talked about that. That God knows everything about you and still treasures you. There's not a place that you can go where you're going to not experience and find God's presence. There's not an experience in this life where God cannot be found. And now we're talking about God having the power to meet you in both of those places with full knowledge, full presence, and full power to form that experience in a very different way. Changing on the reality. My frame was not even in the womb before I had a stage when I was just a cell. God, before I had the shape of his body, before I had a skeleton, before none of it was hidden. You knew exactly what I was going to look like. And, and just like that, God, you look at my life and there are no mysteries, no questions, no surprises, no problems. God knows it all. He sees your unformed frame. He sees the unformed days of your life. The man but it's in secret and the depth of the earth. There is no place, no place, no place that God is unaware of what's happening in your life. He's unaware of how you're feeling. He's unaware of how you're thinking. He's unaware of the tears that you cry, the pain that you suffer. There's no way that God is unaware of you. Not only is there nothing in Jesus, there's nothing in the You go on and says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for you. And yet, there was nothing. Fantastic. Because I'm going to take when I was an unformed substance, in your book were already written every one of my days. Not in the pool, I'm going to live your life anyway, but I know totally what's going to happen, and I totally know how I'm going to form that day for you. How my power is going to be, this is the kind of power I'm trying to ask God's sustaining power. 
he God ordained things, he ordained you in existence for a purpose. And then he sustains you through the circumstances and challenges and decisions of life. There are two aspects of that. One is establishing, and one that is one that sets you in place, and one that brings you to All if you let that speak in, what does it do? It goes back to me. It's going to be an interesting How precious to you are your thoughts, O God? How vast is the sum of them? He's trying to say, oh, God, you, you've written all of this down, and you're, you've formed me for this incredible purpose, and you've formed the days, and you've changed the circumstances in my life by your power. You've sustained me, and, and you've done all of this before I was ever formed, before I was anything, when I was an unformed substance. You've already had it all written down. How incredible are your thoughts? How overwhelming is this truth? And he goes on, he just tries to, to count them. And he says, if I were to count them, they're more than the sand. And I awake, and I am still with you. So he told me, I would count myself to sleep, and I would still wake up and realize that you're there, and there's more to say. It, 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 it's immeasurable. This is where that truth led David. And I want you to know that it led David to that truth in the most volatile time in his life. Because as we read in verses 19 and following, the next thing that comes out of his mouth is, how wonderful, and how wicked I'm still with you. And he's like, who's playing the wicked? I mean, it's like he's schizophrenic and he just goes off the chain on how God can eradicate evil in life. Do you want to know why he's doing that? Because he's in the middle of a ridiculous upheaval in his life where he has enemies punching at him, kicking at him, stabbing at him, ripping him apart moment by moment every day. And this is the truth that he comes to. How he It's possible that these truths, if you really believe in the United States, Think about this. As we read other songs by faith, David, he tells us that God counts his hair on his head, that God knows exactly how many hairs are on his head. You know my name among eight billion people on the planet. He knows your name among eight billion people on the planet, and billions that have lived before and billions that will live after. God knows your name in all those people. 
He tries to get on your head. He, he knows your name. He, he knows the thoughts that we say before we uh, ever thought of. He knows what I will say before it ever comes to my mind. He sees my every breath, my every fear, my every laugh, my every break, my every success, my every discouragement, my every fear, my every anxiety. He thought to pardon my countless sins. He knows every one of them. He thinks of how to encourage me when I'm down. He provides for my every need. He reveals himself to me in countless ways. His thoughts outnumber the sand on this ball of turf. Who am I that he would think of me as that? And the answer is simply this. You are really loved and cherished by him, and he will use his every resource, his every of when we feel under control, we ask God for help. But God, and, and usually they help me do this, and then we pray for God to do that, and we want God to do that last, so we can feel powerful. But see, what we need to realize is that God is all-powerful all the time, in all places, with all my and when we put all of this together, what we've learned from the last few messages, we rest in that truth. Our confidence in God is something we want. We'll be able to pick ourselves up after that. We can be ready for the strength of the people that we have. It's going to be a little more. The truth is, we have not ever really trusted in this kind of people. Trusted in our sympathy. So it's a great statement to the Lord. Lord, trust me. Take whatever you need to do. Lord, trust me. Whatever you think you need to do. Trust me. Whatever you need to do. Trust me. Trust me. I'm going to trust your power that you for me and you. The purpose of the church, and I believe that you're going to be so much in this event. Your power will sustain you in your life. And I will live in your simple truth. And in your body, you are clear. Then it ends this poem with this. He says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my heart. And see if there's any grievous way in me, any way that's been causing pain to stay. And leave me in the way that I was born. 
You know what David's is that God's church was that we're in the wrong way of We're in the wrong way of our churches to be coming I don't want that grief in my life anymore. I don't want that, that weight that it's up to me. It's so hard to feel your presence to start to think it's just to be perfect. Will you allow that to be your prayer today? Because church might have to show me the ways that there would be grief. In our, in our walk with you, God. Where do I need to trust you? Where do I need to let go, God? What, what do I need to place at your feet and say, God, you, you are bigger than this. You formed me and my identity is not tied to this problem. My, my connection with you is not tied to this problem. I'm formed and yet there are problems. With you and yet there are problems. God, here's your will. When God Tell me to trust you to form my days. But you're not, you're not asking me to change and make a comfort you. You are going to form my days, Jesus. And as you form my days, I experience your power to sustain. You can walk out of this place this morning feeling very, very different than when you came in. You can leave your feelings. We throw your hands up in thanksgiving and trust and surrender and say, God, how many think about your compass thoughts? I'm fearfully and wonderful made. It's up to you. Will you receive this power and will you continue to fight in the world? Jesus. Give the courage to live. What truth should our reality and not the experience of our circumstances? One of us to us, the other one leads us to freedom. Give the courage and the brokenness. Thanks for having me.